Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. I'm in Mark chapter number 8, going to read about nine verses this morning. If you found that, shout amen. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And he asked them, how many loaves have ye? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000. And he sent them away. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day. What a friend we have in Jesus. You'll make a way, Lord. And let me tell these people about you today. I pray you fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me with accuracy inside the bounds of this holy writ. I pray, God, you'd let me preach like a dying man to dying people. There'd be a lost one in this house today. I pray they'd come and get something to eat. I pray, God, that you'd use me like you never used me before. And I'll bring you glory. I pray Christ be exalted. The church be edified and the brethren be encouraged. So, Lord... This is the message. There's no doubt in my mind that you gave me for this day, this time to these people. You preach it through me, Lord. I'll crawl off in a corner somewhere and give you all the praise, honor, and glory forever. And I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. I want to try to preach today on this thought, feeding followers. Feeding followers. We have here an account, as I said, you'll find this in Matthew as well. Some of ancient day thought this was just another uh, uh, version or a different story of the feeding of the 5,000. But if you do any Bible reading at all, I think you would disagree with that. When we're through with the message today, I'm certain that you would. It's not the same as the feeding of the 5,000. It is different. What I found particularly Uh, interesting is how close it was to the feeding of the 5,000. Maybe just one or two seasons. I mean, they have the rainy season and the dry season there. 
So maybe just one season has passed, uh, and I'll, uh, we'll look at that in just a moment. And, and, but here, we know that this is a, a different place. If you look in Matthew 15, you'll find this, that here they're up on a mountain. He has taken them, he's traveled, he's come by way of the coast, he leaves the coast, and he goes up on a mountain. Now these people have come with him. You'll find that it's not only a different place than the feeding of the 5,000, but it's a different people. He begins this, this, this journey, if you would, in the, around Tyre and Sidon, which was mainly Gentile, and he comes to Decapolis, which is down at the south, so he's made quite the journey, and these people have been with him some time, and they're hungry. Now, someone that I was reading after yesterday said this, people are trying to build congregations on suppers and, and dinners, and I'm all for suppers and dinners. We're having a little cake and ice cream celebration for our graduates tonight after service. That'll help you diabetics out there. Take a shot before you come to church. And we have, but he, he said this about that. He said, don't build, you can't build a congregation that's, that has any substance to it if you're building it on breakfast and dinners. We had men's prayer breakfast yesterday, but what we have is word, the word of God after we have the breakfast. It's gotta be built upon Christ. So here, I want us to consider just three things this morning. I'll be as brief as God will let me. I wanna look, number one, at qualified followers. I want us to consider what qualified them as followers. One was this. This would have been quite a journey. If you follow this, you'll find this is quite a journey. I mean, he's walking everywhere he went. So here we have them, and I want us to consider what qualified them was the distance that they went. You know what John said about it? He said in 1 John 2 and 19, he said if they'd been with us, no doubt they would have continued with us. When they'd gone a little way, some of them might have turned back, but it doesn't say that. They followed him for three days. They went the distance with him. Can I say today, are you willing to go the distance? Hey, are we going the distance? I'm resolved. I've set my mind, my foot's on the rock. I'm determined. I'm going the distance with him. The distance that they went. Now, I don't find anywhere where it's recorded in here what they said about how far they'd gone. I don't think there's any Baptist in this crew. If there'd have been some good Baptist in there, somebody said, we've gone far enough. Why did you take us down this path? We should have went the other way. It's easier over there. He'll make a way. His ways are not our ways. Hey, his thoughts aren't my thoughts. My thoughts aren't his thoughts. He's far and exceedingly ahead of me. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Who am I? Hey, he asked Job, said, where were you when I laid the foundations of the world? Where were you, Job? The distance, I think, qualified him as followers. But it's not only the distance that qualified as followers, it's their discomfort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Now let's go down this trail for just a little bit. The discomfort. Mark six, Matthew 16, 24. You'll find where Jesus said there, For if any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Following him. If you follow, he'll feed you. I guarantee it. You follow him, he'll feed you. And there it is. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that are to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you, but rather rejoice in that you are partakers of the sufferings of Christ. If we live godly in this present world, what's going to happen, Brother Junior? We will suffer persecution. I watched a guy on a video yesterday, and he was standing somewhere, and there was these two trans people. That means folks that's lost their mind. And they were in this guy's face and in his ear, and you could read their lips. They were shouting obscenities, and, and this old boy was just standing there, and he's just quoting the Bible. And they can't stand it. It's driving them out of their mind. You know what? Conviction will make you mad. And they're screaming and yelling at this guy, and finally this one uh, couldn't take it no more and hits this old boy in the side of the head. He, she, it, whatever, Messed up because there's police everywhere and they just down. All this guy's doing is standing there with a sign saying God loves the unborn and quoting scripture. And they've gone out of their ever-loving mind because he's doing something right. You know, you know, you know what he got? I believe the Lord in heaven is up there. Ricky's doing this. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Every time they cussed him. Ka-ching. Praise God. If you're going to offer a cup of cold water in his name and not lose your reward, what do you think that boy's going to get for them standing there screaming in his ear? I mean, right up in his face. He's just standing there smiling, quoting the Bible and holding a sign. I think God was pleased with that. We're going to see you know what qualifies you as a follower is when it gets a little tough and you just keep on going. Somebody said, you can't do that. If it's not against the word of God, you can. And if you're, doing the, if you're living according to that book right there, don't think it's not going to be discomfort. You're going to have discomfort. I think we see that qualifies them. You know, in Matthew, when you read the account in Matthew and in Mark of him feeding the 5,000, you know where he tells them to sit? On the grass. Sit on the grass. When you get here, he says the ground. Big difference. This isn't so comfortable. This is a hard place. The ground's hard over there. Especially when it's not harvest time, when the rainy season hadn't come. It's hard. It's hard ground. Sit down here. What are you saying? Stay put where it's tough. It's hard. Be still. Stand still and know I'm God. Just listen. Trust me. I think that qualified them as followers. Are you a qualified follower today? If it gets a little tough, I'm telling you, if it gets a little tough here and you pluck up and run off over there somewhere else, it's going to get tough over there too. If you can't defeat the devil where you're at, listen, he's going to follow you everywhere you go and you're going to have trouble. Now, God moves people for purpose. There's not a doubt in my mind. He does that and you've got to know your vineyard. And if you know your vineyard, 
It may get a little hard. You better stay put. Number two. Number one, what qualified is qualified followers. But number two, we keep see the questioning forgetters. The questioning forgetters. You know what's so strange about this, Jason? It's just been a season since they watched him feed 5,000. I mean, they just saw it happen. And they're asking the question, where are we going to get? Whence can we get stuff to feed all these? Questioning forgetters. Where are we going to get it? Forgetting the very fact that just prior to this, a season ago, how many of us, bless the Lord, how many of us in our own insecurities and lack of faith, God's brought us through something, we come to something else and fall apart and oh! I'm going to tell you, he can help you. Where are we going to get this? Here's what Paul said about it when they had him in the hoose cow. That's the jail, by the way. They had him locked up. Here's what old Paul said about it in Philippians. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. How, how's he going to do it? Through Christ Jesus. That's how. That's how you get it. Bless God. That's Jesus. He's the same. Where are you going to get it? How are you going to do it? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't forgot how. His power is not diminished. The thing you faced yesterday, he can take you through tomorrow. Listen, and if it's a bigger thing, it won't get bigger than he is. He can do exceedingly abundantly above, above all we ask or think, according to the power which worketh in us. His power, Brother Roland, works in us and brings us through the questioning forgetters. How could they question the Christ? Who would ask him? When, feeding the 5,000, he asked this question. What have you got? Well, there's a lad here. You'll find this. There's a lad here that's got five barley loaves and two fish. But you notice here in this one, he said, what have ye? Before they took somebody else's, this time he's going to take what they got. What have ye? Well, we got seven fish. Seven fish. Seven loaves. Excuse me, I'm getting it wrong. And a few fish. Seven loaves. We got seven loaves and a few fish. That ain't much among 4,000 people. And you'll find in Matthew, plus women and children. So many of the old scholars believe there's up to 10 to 12,000 people in this number right here. But Dwayne, I've always wondered about the five and the seven. Drove me crazy until I got this yesterday. We have the questioning forgetters. I do that. I do that. God help me, I'm just like the disciples. He's walking right with me all the time. And I say, God, how are you going to do this? Why'd you do that? How am I going to get through this? And here's what he tells me, Irving, just like he did Paul. He said, hey, remember, my grace is sufficient. 
I've tried him on it. I've not seen him run out yet. <laughs> Man, every time I've needed it, brother, every single time I've needed it. We need to learn this song. Learn this song. There is grace this thing. Grace. We used to sing that. Grace. Learn that. Rent and play it, I could sing it right now, but I, I don't have the words. Can't remember the words. I found his grace every time I need it, Wade. There it is. There it is. And I forget, just like them, and I question. Now I use this excuse a lot, and you may too. Jesus asked why on Calvary. I think if he asked why, we can we can ask why. And it'd be all right to ask why. Just don't dwell on why. Don't dwell there. Don't get there and park on why. Uh, here's something I've learned over the years that after a little bit of time, more times than not, he's shown me why. He didn't have to do it. By faith, I just had to keep going, but he's shown me why. And I've said, oh, oh, that's why. Yeah, hindsight's always what? 2020 A plus. That's what it is. But uh, look. There's none of us in here any better than any of them apostles. We're all questioning forgetters. Someone dies. Someone gets real sick. We say, why me? You know what my mama said, and you've heard me tell this a hundred times. But Sister Betty, my mother-in-law, and my mama was sitting at our kitchen table when we lived over on Meadow Creek Drive. And I remember this conversation. I mean, I'm sitting right there. And mama had full-blown breast cancer and it was advanced and it was bad. And Betty said, I don't know what I'd do if I got that diagnosis. And my mama said, well, I started out asking, why me? She said, you know what I started doing? Lord, why not me? Why not me? But I think that all, one time or another in all our lives, Young people included. Why am I going through this in school? Why do they hate me? Listen, remember when them bunch of numbskulls that's your age don't reject you and don't like you? That's exactly how they treated Jesus, and he'll always love you. Always love you. Questioning forgetters. It brings me to the last one. So what qualified them as followers? Well, I think the same thing that does us today. Well, first, they had to believe on the Lord. And they either, if they didn't believe, they're not going to be following him. Amen. If you don't believe, you won't follow. That's why so many don't follow. They don't believe. Oh, they're a Facebook Christian. Oh, yeah, just ask them. I'm praying for you. Some of them I'd like to type back. Don't you pray for me. I know how you live. But it's because of the, the distance we go with him and the difficulties we face. The questioning forgetters is where can we get it and when can you do it? Well, he can do it anytime he wants to because he's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
how the songs lined up with the message this morning. And then lastly today is the quantity of food. Because when I would read this in the past, and I mean, I just, I just found this word that changed my whole thought on this. When I'd read this in the past, I thought, you know what? He had 5,000 and he took up 12 baskets. Now, we've heard it preached every kind of way there is. And you can use your own spiritual imagination and say, well, there was a basket for each disciple or apostle. That means Judas, the scoundrel, got one too, if that's the case. But they all were fed and filled, however many, and they had, out of the five barley loaves and two fish, they had, this will mean something in a moment, they had 12 baskets left. So in my mind, when I would read this, 4,000 compared to 5,000, 1,000 less, well, they just had seven baskets of bread as opposed or compared to 12. And I, I think, God, why did, you, why did you put this so close together in the Scripture? I mean, there's just a... Get home and research it yourself. And some don't even think a season had passed, but I think it was because comparing the grass to the ground, the grass had pretty much been burned up at this particular time and they're sitting in a hard place. So, the quantity of food. Here's, here's the difference. In the feeding of the 5,000 in Matthew and in the, and the words the same in Matthew as in Mark when they feed the 5,000 and they took up the 12 baskets. The word baskets there is kofinos in the Greek and that's as close as this hillbilly can pronounce it. But it literally means a small basket. It is a lunch basket. So they filled up 12 lunch baskets and that leads me more so to think that it was what they took up because the disciples didn't have anything. The little boy had it. The boy gave it up. The boy still got fed even though he gave it up. He ate with the rest of them. But then there's 12 baskets, a lunch basket. And at this time, I believe, my personal belief, is that it went to the disciples or apostles. That would answer the question of why 12. But it began with the number five in the, concerning the loaves, and we know what the number five represents in the word of God, and that is grace, A plus. So number five is representative in the word of God at, to grace, at, at, but we know what seven represents. Completion or perfection. Or perfection and completion, whichever way. So we're aware of this. So what's what? So first, to a mostly Jewish audience, he gives baskets to the disciples. But to hear, to hear to a mostly, now for everyone I read after who's much more learned than I am, agree 
that this was mostly made up of Gentiles because of where they started from. And you remember when they wind up in Decapolis, which is where Gadara is located, and the tribe of Gad didn't come across the river, and they went in the hog business. There's some Gentiles involved right there when they got in the hog business. So most are agreeing or think that it would be true that it would be mostly a Gentile following here. But the word baskets in both places, in Mark and in Matthew, is not the same word as in the feeding of 5,000. The word is spurious, S-P-U-R-I-S, spurious, it may be spurious. I miss Corbin, my Greek student. I used to yell, Corbin, did I pronounce that right? And sometimes he'd say, uh, well, not really. If he was here today, I'd say, Corbin, did I pronounce that right? Maybe it's spurious. And you know what spurious means? A hamper. So that don't mean much to me. Let's get a hold of this. In Acts chapter 9 and verse 25, Paul's in a bad way, and they're trying to get Paul out of town. And you know what they put him in? A spurious to let him down from the wall. You know what that means? A man will fit in this basket. The other basket is a lunch pail. Now we've got a hamper or a basket large enough to put a man in. So it wasn't the number of baskets. It's the size of the basket. So a spurious is much bigger than a coffinos, if I'm saying that right. But a hamper is bigger than a lunch pail. Now, I know you're thinking, well, that wasn't that great. So what? You had a big basket, and there were seven of them, and he filled them up. He, when, they, when they were finished eating with bread and fish, they got seven hampers full. One old writer said, these baskets were so large that one man couldn't carry them. Said, maybe empty a man could carry them. But when you filled them up, one fellow wasn't carrying them. But here's what got me, Marcus. I'm sitting there at Richie Hall. I'm staring at the page. And the Holy Spirit speaks to my soul and said, where did the baskets come from? Who brought the baskets? Listen, he asked the disciples, all they've got is seven loaves and a few fish. They don't need a hamper. They may still be carrying the lunch pail from the 5,000 feeding. I don't know. They could have been. But here's my thought. Who brought the baskets? Somewhere, somewhere, somebody must have heard something. Because when they left Tyre and Sidon, somebody grabbed an empty basket and took off with it. Now listen, when they get there, nobody's got nothing to eat. They've been with him three days without eating. He's not, they've not took a bite of nothing. Somebody, somewhere, had to have heard, hey, I'm going to take a basket. Can you imagine what a free will Baptist would say? Why are you taking a basket? 
And they might have said, we're going to see Jesus. What's with the basket? Well, I heard, I heard. Do you think they didn't talk back then? By word of mouth, every, and the stories I'm sure got bigger as they were told. My mother-in-law gave me a plaque one time that said, this is the question and the answer that I do wish. The only fishermen lie or are all, do all liars fish? I said, what are you saying? Somebody had to pick up a basket. And they had to know, they had to know, I'm taking me an empty basket. Because when I get there, there's somebody there that can put something in the basket. They can put it in, he can put it in the basket. He's done it before. He can do it again. Listen, here's the question. Did you bring a basket? Did you bring a basket? Don't miss tonight, I'm preaching on the Chuck E. Cheese church. Don't miss. Did you bring a basket? There's a bunch of people in this, even though they're followers, and the questioners, they're all there, but you know what? They don't have baskets. But somebody had a basket. At least seven of them had baskets. Because a guy, these baskets are too large to carry them by yourself. They had baskets. They showed up with a basket expecting the only one that could do it to put something in it. They were followers. He hadn't fed them all the way. He said, they've been with me three days. They're not eating. They're serious followers. You know what that says? They want him more than their necessary food. But somebody brought a basket. And somebody else brought a basket. And there's seven baskets. I wonder today, did you bring a basket? Did you bring a basket? You know what he does? He fills her basket. Yeah, he does. <laughs> if you're here and you need something today, say, Lord, I forgot my basket. Are you understanding that he's in you and we're in him? You are the basket. You know what he'll do? If you, requ- if you ask and receive, you know, you know why we have not? Ask not, A plus, everybody got that one right. You know what it does? And they were all filled. And the number of the baskets is completion. I think that says this. The Jews got grace first. He come, uh, am I right, Jimmy? Am I thinking right? Go not, but except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Paul said it like this, to the Jew and also to the, what he started with grace and the Jew, he ended in completion with a Gentile bride. That would just about make a hillbilly dance right there. I'm telling you, what he started I'm seeing that. I understand. I think he's given me 
vision on the five and the seven. And I understand that, hey, that five, it looked like more with 12. It wasn't more. They were little baskets. It got big when he started filling hampers up. And somebody had to break the basket to get it filled up. He don't want us half empty. He wants us full. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye with the Spirit. Got a basket today? We are a basket. Is it full? If you're unsaved, Come and let him put something in you. If you're not right, then you know it. Say, so well, you can't get that way. Why are you talking about get that way? Most of us live that way about half the time. Come and let him put something in, put the necessary things in the basket and fill the basket up. When Junior comes, he brings a basket. He expects something when he comes to church. I've, I've buried a lot of people out of here. I a lot of people over the last 21 years. When they were summoned, I'll guarantee them they walked through the door. They brought a basket. You know the thing about having a basket was once it is filled, you could share it. You can't share nothing out of an empty basket. Don't you know it's uncomfortable for three days carrying that basket on their back? How probably like this. It's so large. Maybe in a shoulder harness. And somebody would have said, you ought to took that basket. Set that basket down. Be easier without the basket. Yo, but I'm following him. And I know that he's filled things up before. <laughs> he's filled things up before. He'll fill you up again. If you're about half full this morning, come. Let him fill your basket. Stand to your feet. She's going to play something. If you need to pray, you ought to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.